This episode of the Show Me Comic Cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Visit www.audibletrial.com slash showmecomics to download your free audiobook and start your 30-day free trial. Season 2, Episode 4! It's the hero's journey of comics. Is this the adventure you've planned for me? Braving the winding road of geekdom. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Sharing our advice. He believed that his example could inspire. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And exposing our mistakes. This is all going to end badly. Everybody has an agenda. Welcome to the Show Me Comicast. Welcome back to the Show Me Comic Cast. I'm Tim Pickerel, digital media producer for Show Me Comics. And I'm Jordan Taylor, and I wrote something that was vehemently opposed by the entire community. But you can check that out on showmecomics.com in the forms of my blogs and comic book scripts that have been produced. Buy them now. And I'm Sam Richardson. I am the artist, and I draw things that people say weren't even close to accurate and was nothing <laughs> like they were in the movie. <laughs> All right, well, today we want to talk about something. It kind of could be put under the umbrella of our Analyzing a Great Work series, but more it's just complete (laughs) self-indulgence. Because what we want to do is uh, have an episode called Defending the Man of Steel, and that's where we talk positively, much to our, you know, chagrin when people beat our door down with pitchforks and torches and... (laughs) Um, flay the skin off of us and and stab us through the hearts because we said we liked The Man of Steel as a movie. And it's related to our How to Make Comics podcast because hopefully we're going to learn some lessons uh, about storytelling, about imagery, but also just about criticism, I would say. So let's go down this journey and see where it leads us when we try to defend The Man of Steel. Which is interesting for me and Sam because we pretty much hate Superman. And but I, I'm, uh, I don't really care either way. <laughs> Jordan's indifferent. I loved Man of Steel. I think it's by far the best Superman movie ever made. Here they come! <laughs> Duck! Duck! Stop, chop, and roll! They're setting you on fire! Uh, Sam, yeah, what'd you I, think? I, you know what? I was a huge Superman fan when I was like two. <laughs> like, <laughs> That okay, Superman got me into comic books. Spider Man's my all time favorite superhero with Batman right behind it. But one thing I gotta say is Superman and that big ass. When I was like two years old, I remember my dad taking me to the Walmart in House Springs, <laughs> and there was a pair of Superman pajamas. Way to localize yes, us. <laughs> I can still remember this. <laughs> We're not in my House dad, Springs. My dad taking me. To, we could be in New York, and I'm talking about where my hometown no, we can't. was. You when localize I was two years this old. every episode. No, I didn't. You say mean we when. could be in Metropolis? I said when I was two. There might be okay. a house springs in New York. Just like I could say, you know, when I was three and I lived in Los Angeles, there was this Walmart and blah blah blah. All right, you're completely getting off. Right, anyway, anyway, whenever I was two years old, I remember specifically my dad taking me to the Walmart store in my hometown. And there was this pair of Superman pajamas and the blue with the red cape and the big Superman S. And I remember that. And I can, to this day, I remember that. And I wanted those pajamas so bad. And like the next day, he actually took me down and we bought those. And I remember running around with the cape and everything. And then they rented the Superman film, which who knows, in 1980. 
four or whatever year that was, what Superman they were up to. But I remember watching that and thinking, this is the coolest thing ever. But that's because I was two years old. As I got a little older and I went, Superman is lame. It doesn't matter. The fact is, the guy is the most iconic superhero ever. He is the first one. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows who he is. So in some way, they have a sentimental connection to him because he might be the thing that got them into comic books. But... The thing that just irritates me about the Man of Steel movie and the fans that criticize it is most of you criticizing and talking about how you hate that it's nothing like the comic book probably don't even buy or read the comic book. So stop getting mad at the people that like Man of Steel. You don't even buy Superman to begin with. You're just mad because Hollywood came into your little comic book world and they changed the character and made it different than what is traditionally brought through in the comic books that you don't buy or read and guess what? The movie made a lot of money, and I can't wait to watch the next one. All right, well, let's start out with the it's not the Superman that you see in the comics, because right. they don't even have to read it to see the Superman. So let's go with criticism number one. And I've heard this from so many comics community people. He doesn't have trunks. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about that. What did you guys right. think when you saw the movie and there were no trunks? I was like, wow, it doesn't look goofy. It doesn't look ridiculous. This looks more realistic. This Underwear was... on the outside does not translate <laughs> well on real people. Right. I'm, I'm, I don't know how many times we have to say that. I yeah. disagree <laughs> because we've done plenty of wrestling shows where people come out in trunks <laughs> yeah. and they still look pretty... Uh, Pretty intimidating. <laughs> I so. wear them now. Exactly. <laughs> I actually so, wear black. Full, full disclosure: Sam wears trunks. <laughs> so <laughs> if Sam was wearing, and that's those. only because you guys haven't been to the shows in a long time. And you that's another thing: is it, it's so black and white. These arguments, we don't have to um, uphold the fact that Man of Steel was good by saying trunks are dumb. We can say trunks are cool, but guess what? You know, they weren't necessarily needed. Right here, I mean. Just they're not mutually exclusive. A good movie and trunks. You know what I mean. Right. You can have a good movie with no trunks. You could have a good movie with trunks. Just because there's no trunks doesn't mean it's a bad right. movie. The, the same people slamming this probably loved The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. And guess what? That outfit looked absolutely nothing like any comic book version of Batman. And here's the other thing. I remember when uh, the George Clooney Batman came out, which that's terrible for many reasons. But I remember those costumes. Yes. With the nipples on the bat suit, now that I still was, don't get that. That was ridiculous. If there was something to get upset, I mean, nipples about, aren't functional on a man. They're definitely not functional on a Batman. They're definitely not functional on a suit. <laughs> you know well, what they I distract. Mean? It's like originally Batman had, had the yellow for people to shoot at, and now the nipples are there to distract them. Like, can it you imagine them. if that fashion statement took off and like you'd be seeing people in tuxedos with nipples on them, or something? <laughs> a dress shirt with nipples, a polo shirt with sure. nipples. But, uh, no, I, I think that that was pretty ridiculous, and that was a legitimate gripe because it's like it just didn't make any sense. The lack of trunks does not not make sense. Right. Know? I don't walk on my front door in the morning, they're like, no trunks? Psycho! <laughs> right. Call the paddy wagon! Get this guy out of here! I think right. the, man, yeah, the Man of Steel outfit looked like, something feasible that would be an alien military exactly. uniform. Exactly. That and I mean it wasn't like the 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 alterations were that drastic. 
I could get it if he was wearing like a black suit with no symbol and no cape and he had on a mask and you go, okay, this is nothing like his outfit. Yeah. But for such a minor alteration, for them to get their panties in a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) You mean trunks in a bunch. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you you touched on another criticism. Go ahead, Tim, before we move on. The cape was not red enough. Oh, that's what I was going to say. No, 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 (laughs) no. This is legitimate. This is legitimate. I've heard it on tons of different... You know, criticism. The cape is not red enough. Not just the cape. The colors were too drab. And I'll tell you, I've taken film uh, classes and stuff like that where in uh, a lot of like World War II movies and stuff, they will desaturate the color. They actually That's go what in. They did for Saving Private Ryan, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. They actually go in afterwards and they desaturate the color a little bit to get it. I don't know if it's to mix it in that old time black and white feel and color and kind of have a merge, you know? Or it's just the fact that, hey, everything's dirty and smoky and, you know, there's a lot of confusion. We want to desaturate those colors to cause that emotion. There are reasons they do it. So, but I just want to say the criticism in Man of Steel was they desaturated the colors. So what do you have to say to that? I have to say that brighter colors make you look more cartoony. Yes, exactly. Okay, so why why can't he be more cartoony? Why can't he be more like the comic? Because it's not a cartoon. Because the you know the whole uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? Right. Here, but you know? I mean, I mean, it's the tone of the movie. You know, they were trying to say, look, we want to we want to make this a little bit darker. We want it to seem less hokey. We want it to be something that people can get behind. Make it a little more action. Make it a little more dramatic. So the more that you point out the cartoonish side, the more cartoony and less serious that you can take the film. Let's take, for example, before Man of Steel, what was probably considered to be the best Superman movie is Superman 2. Yeah. And in that movie, he's all he's got the bright blues, the reds, and all of that. And you're having this dire battle with a bunch of Kryptonians, and what happens? While they're blowing people up over, people are chasing their toupees, and like telephone booths are falling over mm-hmm. while the guy's still on the phone yes. as he's blowing away, and yes. I'm going completely off microphone. It's like there, it's it, <clears throat> that is campy and hokey okay. and cartoony. That is, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The argument that you're holding up is like that was too cartoony. The what people today who are attacking Man of Steel are going to say is. Over and over again, on every single point we're going to make in this podcast, look at the Avengers. The Avengers didn't have to do this. The Avengers did this differently. The Avengers blah. And they're going to say, the Avengers didn't have to be dark and gritty. But even the then, Avengers the, didn't have to desaturate. Yeah, color. and it's okay. Like, so now defend. But the Avengers didn't look identical to the comic book. Captain America wasn't the exact same outfit. That was definitely I, not the same definitely outfit. wasn't the same outfit. Yeah, where are the critics going? Hey, where are right. Captain America's wings on his head? Right. I don't hear any critics saying that. Well, there, I did read a few. Where's the ear sticking out all the way? Of course. Or, I mean, seriously, think about it, though. Uh, comic book fans are listening. Like, I hear this about the X-Men movies. Like, people are ripping on Days of Future Past already off of just, you know, like, stills that have been released. Oh, they're going James back McAvoy to... James McAvoy has a beard. comics are too dark. They're wearing black leather outfits again. Wolverine looks stupid. Like, imagine if they actually... Took Wolverine and put him in that yellow outfit from the comic books, that would look ridiculous. That would look absurd in a film. 
They actually tried it for the for the the other Wolverine movie that was made, the the solo film. There actually is a scene that was cut out where he opens up a briefcase and he has like a uniform and it has the Wolverine mask from the from the really? comic books. You can go online and it'll show you like pictures of it. But the editors were just, or the director was like, it still just looked so ridiculous. We didn't even put it into the movie. Like even though he never actually puts it on, you see it in the suitcase and like it's still like. And they did everything they could to make it look you know cool. But it's still like, I mean, some things are only going to work in comic book format, but that takes me back to always comic book fans, because of their nature, they like to latch on to things that aren't popular and make it their own. And then whenever Hollywood or mainstream comes along and embraces it and changes it a little bit, they're going to look for anything they can to go, well, this isn't mine. You know, the colors are different. The trunks aren't there. This isn't my Superman. So that's why I don't have to like this. They're going to look for anything they can to go, well, that's not my version of it. Mine's over here where I keep tucked away close to my chest. That's mainstream. That's Hollywood's. That's every other person that's not a comic book fan's version, not yeah. mine. So I'm going to hate it for that reason. So not that I disagree with you, but we're defending the desaturation of colors mm-hmm. by saying the people are going to argue no matter what. How do we defend it by saying it was a good choice? You know what I'm saying? Regardless right. of what people I think, think. aesthetically, it just looked better. Right. I think it looked better, but I think it, it looked the tone real. of the movie. Yeah. I, I That's was able- what I was going to say. Yes. Tone of the movie. It's like, he's not the faster than a speeding bullet guy yet. You know, he's not the guy that, you know, is so omnipotent on the earth that he can just float down in the right place at any minute with his right. hair perfect, you mm-hmm. know, and bright colors because he's kind of scared, you know? Right. I thought, especially in those scenes where he's using his super, like, hearing and things for the first time, and it's almost driving him mad as a kid, and he's confused, and he doesn't know what's going on. That's the story they were telling. They were telling a story of confusion right, and adversity and things like that. He's not the, oh, hi, Lois. Uh, you know, I was just on my way to get pizza, and, uh, you know, now I'm here to save you. <laughs> that was perfect. Good thing I was here in the nick of time. You know what I'm That's saying? the best Christopher Reeve impersonation I've ever heard. <laughs> that was but, the best Clark Kent anyone's ever played. <laughs> oh, hi, Lois. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. So that sounded not... just like Mr. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a reference. <laughs> but that's not the story right. they were telling. Um, no, they, maybe in the second movie they will be, and you will well, see the person in the editing booth turn the dial up on color saturation well, a little bit. Th- this is why in the beginning when I talked about so many comic book fans got mad because Superman, Man of Steel was not identical to the comic books, despite the fact they don't even read Superman. You can look at sales. Superman's not like the strongest selling DC title. But he's the most iconic. It's not like they're going to stop publishing Superman because he's not their number one right. seller. But my point of this, I think a lot of the comic book fans that get mad and say, "Oh, the you know Wolverine should look different" or "Spider Man wasn't right on," probably don't read those titles. They're probably not as big a fan as that of that character as they lead on to. Because if they were, they would understand the essence of that character and then look at the film and go, "Okay, most importantly, did the film capture the essence of my hero?" Mm-hmm. It did? Okay. Then it's fine that they altered the comic, the costume a little bit. Because it's not about the costume. It's about the essence of that character. Right. That's and like they I'm a that, huge... They probably never read Superman to begin with. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Right. Every 10 to 12, you know, 15 years, I have to deal with the entire person changing. Right. And I'm not even talking about, like, 
hey, Christopher Reeves, let's get a guy, you know, for Superman Returns that looks exactly like Christopher Reeves, you know, acts exactly like him, and then let's get another guy that looks like the Superman right, character. Right. James Bond changes drastically right. from blonde hair to freaking sandy brown hair right. to dark hair to freaking he's Scottish, you know. And <laughs> even though he should be, that's where he was born. But you know what I'm saying, so right. I deal with it. Why can't everybody else? Exactly. But here's a segue from... Uh, where we were talking about the color desaturation, you know, and the tone of the movie. Now, when I first heard it, there was an argument by a comics author, Matt Fraction. He was doing an interview on a podcast, and he made a very convincing argument that he's like, when are DC movies going to start being fun? Yeah. And again, he threw out the Avengers, which is a very strong, you know, smokescreen to throw around this movie is it's not the Avengers. But he was like, when is this going to stop being so blah? Right. Everything's blah, you know, dark and gritty. Yeah, right. I think he was like making fun of the Batman voice, you mm-hmm. know, the, <laughs> the what they were doing. And you, at the time, I was like, that makes a very good point. I think I even talked to you, Sam, about it, him talking about, man, these guys could make a bright, upbeat Flash movie and have every right. kid in a pair of Flash right. tennis shoes by the end of the year. And I was like, man, he makes some really good points. They tried to do that with Green Lantern. That's true. And it didn't that's a, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but when I watch Superman, I'm like, this is a Superman origin story. If there was ever more of an apt point for right. dark and great. How about the genocide of a planet? Right. right. <laughs> that, that's it. That could have been if they made a whole Kryptonian prequel with Russell Crow as Jarrell, I would watch that in a second. Which maybe they that will. Was, that yeah. was probably yeah, my favorite awesome. part. Russell Crowe might have been my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. That's the other part, too, is I like that we got more Krypton. There was a lot of Krypton. But, I mean, can you really say, I can't believe you guys made this movie dark. When the guy's story is, I'm the orphan of an entire planet. And on, right. Yeah, and then the flip side, <laughs> Batman, his parents are murdered. So Yeah, it's like, right. dude, Batman should be running around <laughs> in a freaking yellow canary suit, <laughs> singing songs well, to people for then, free. I mean, well, what, what is the definition of dark? Like, people keep throwing, it was so dark, so dark. And somebody had to go, look, there's a difference between dark and dramatic. To me, they just made Superman much more dramatic, not even necessarily dark. Yeah. It's not like he's the crow and he's running around in his gothimo gear. He's still wearing blue and red and flying around. It's just it was much more dramatic. Now let me tell you something else to Matt Fraction's point about <laughs> the you could have every kid in a pair of flash shoes or whatever. So before Man of Steel came out, I was watching a, a Blu-ray that had the preview for Man of Steel on it. And all the preview was was that part where he's... Uh, in the polar environment, you know, and he crouches down and he puts his fist on the ground mm-hmm. and you start to see the things rumbling and the pebbles, uh, you know, are rumbling around him. And then he shoots up in the air with his red cape that looked pretty darn bright on my screen right. and flies away. While I watched that, my son was running around acting like a, <laughs> you know, a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Blah, blah, blah. Runner. He runs around in front of the TV screen and looks over and stops dead still everything that he was doing and just watches this little clip of Superman flying to the air. He turns around to me and flashes this toothy grin and he goes, that was cool. Yeah. And then he starts going on and I'm like, that's that was it. cool. <laughs> that's it right there. Like he doesn't even know who Superman is really, you know? Right. Um, 
And it just, it spoke to him, that iconic imagery, which I thought was not lacking from the movie. Right. So how do you say, just because they desaturated the color a little bit, that there was no Superman? Well, it, it shows... Hollywood knows what it's doing. Like, I mean, well, there's a reason why. I don't no, know I mean, about not, that. not all the time, but for the most part, there's a reason that these movies gross as much money the as Lone they Ranger. do. And, yeah, that's what I said. Not all I the time. I haven't seen it, but I do know people not that like it. Not all the time. But uh, there's a reason why they make as much money as they do and why they, they license like they do and, and, and make billions and billions of dollars every year. But they also try to learn from their mistakes. I mean, understand that Batman and Robin make fun of it, but it really killed the comic book movie industry for for a few years. Like it totally. It, was I know like, That's it, it was terrible. They were like no studios wanted to even touch comic books after that until the X Men came out, and it was like, hey, you know what? This can still work but we just can't make it always for kids. And to yeah. me, that was kind of the transition of what they learned was, hey, guess what? Kids are going to like it, whether it's bright and everything or not. As long as kids see superheroes and, like you said, something cool, the kids are going to like it. But we don't have to make these movies to sell just to kids. You know what's funny about that? Is that at the same time they were doing that with comics, they were doing that with kids' movies. They were making kids' movies more adult right? so right. that everyone would go and see them. And I actually find that the worst offense you know what I mean? Right. By them trying to put a lot of uh, innuendos right. and stuff like that into kids' movies. But it's but, from that, you right. know, but let's still, get the wider audience. Uh, right. Up standpoint. until the late 90s, the Hollywood idea was, you know, kids' movies should be for kids and adult movies should be for adults. And not realize there's a cross market there you can totally hit. Comic book movies were thought of as just for kids. That's why you had Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and the Phantom and all the crazy that they were going to make a Superman Returns at the time with Nicolas Cage that was going to be bright and colorful. But again, it was going to be marketed. No, did you children. see his suit? It was all black. No, you didn't see the other one. Oh no, I didn't. Oh yeah, remember in comics at the time when Superman was blue and like he was a form of electricity or energy or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it was going to turn into that. But that's because the thought at the time was that the industry, if it's comic books, it has to be marketed towards children. So that's the market you go after. And then until X Men came along and they said, hey, you know what? Adults will buy into these, and kids are going to like it because it's cool as long as it's cool and they have outfits the kids are going to like it no matter what but if we tone it down a bit and actually make this a little more dramatic and mature we have an adult market there and that's why the trend became oh darker and grittier and more dramatic and that's kind of where we're, we've gotten to now but it's because they know the adults are there and that's how you're getting these movies that are grossing hundreds of millions of dollars and i think that dark and gritty has been synonymous now with somebody can just say oh they ruined it right Which, well yeah Superman that's why i shouldn't have said gritty, yeah, i shouldn't know? have said dark and gritty that's why they become more dramatic and then the comic book fan that doesn't like it wants to associate that with darker now i want to transition the next thing over real quick to two characters and you guys tell me what you thought of these two different characters and how they were portrayed in man of steel uh first of all lois lane we'll do that first this has been like this version of Lois Lane is even better than the comics because she's not stupid. Hated it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, no, I definitely. She wasn't just your, your typical. Oh, I'm the damsel in distress. Come save me. The only thing I don't like, and maybe this was kind of my only gripe of Superman as a whole, is too many things were ironic. 
Lois just happened to walk in on this. Right. Lois just happened to see this. Superman just happened to be here at this time. I felt and, like it wasn't elegantly done. Right. Know? I felt like she just kind of walked into a lot of situations. But, And I think that Lois in the comic book had actually started to become a stronger character, you know, a few years Recently, ago. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the fact that she has more depth. You know, she's actually a character now. She's not just a prop. They did, Yeah, they didn't do enough. I don't yeah. think they did quite enough with her story in the yeah. movie, but they did make a better, like, a stronger character for yeah. her. Yeah, they had a couple times where she needed to make decisions and solve problems, and it would have direct outcomes on her and stuff like that. The only thing I was going to say is I, didn't, I wasn't crazy about the actress. Yeah, that they cast for it, and maybe that's just because I've seen her in too many other things yeah. that were totally different from this. <laughs> that was my thing. Was it was? Uh, I don't know why I don't like Amy Adams. It's probably because she was Jim's girlfriend in the office, so that means that she was anti Pam, and so I just don't like Amy Adams for that. <laughs> but I still thought she did a good job in the role. But I'm not. No, she did. Amy she did. And that just... was that was another gripe that everybody has because Amy Adams had red hair. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even want to get into that um, trunk. I think we covered that in the trunks, no trunks thing. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, there's one other color issue that we can bring up that, uh, or maybe that's where you're going with the next character. Uh, no, I'm not. I don't even want to get into that because that I was that was my that gripe is just something that's beneath this podcast. I think you know to even give lip service to. You know okay. what I mean? Because um, it's just dumb. That's not even worth it. We don't have to defend that because right. it's already defended just by living. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway. That was the- my introduction to the Man of Steel, though, <laughs> was, was reading that article and seeing the comments about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to give them a platform to even reverberate, you know. Fair enough. Because um, I think we have more important things to talk, to, okay. to talk about. Okay. Well, not necessarily important. That's actually the most important thing. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, what? <laughs> but I think we have right. better things to talk about. So, uh, yeah, I thought that it was really good how Lois was used as not just, you know, a prop. Because in a lot of the other movies, you could have had, he saves Lois from a tree or he saves Cat from a tree, and it would have been the same. You know, mm-hmm. his actions would have yeah. been yeah, exactly yeah. the same. So that I thought was really good, but it, like I said, for some reason the actress didn't just click with me, which is my own personal barrier. Yeah, I liked her. I thought um, she was fine. All right, so let's take a break for our sponsor, and uh, if you want to go way, way back and forget all this Man of Steel nonsense, you can go to audibletrial.com slash showmecomics, sign up for a free 30-day trial of audiobooks and other audio programs and get a free audio title. Now, what we're going to recommend to you today that you can pick up is the Adventures of Superman radio program. Yes, this was back in the golden age of Superman. They actually had a radio program. Now, I'm not just being facetious about you going back to the original source material, um, but I have heard from many sources and listened to a bit of it myself, and it's a lot of fun. Many people have said that, you know, especially if you're into the character of Superman, uh, that it'll be entertaining for you. But also, I think just as a, you know, we didn't appreciate the radio medium that they used to have because we didn't grow up with it. Yeah, a lot of people didn't appreciate it. But then you like watch a Christmas story and he's like listening to all of those 
or programs. you're listening to a podcast right now. We've right. actually gone back now that we have this technology to a state where the audio medium is building and building and building. Well, guess what? Back then, at the time of this radio program for Superman, they had mastered the audio medium. There's a lot we could learn from it. Who knows? Maybe the next Hafu will be an audio drama. There we go. So not only can you learn about Superman, you can hear a great piece of audio work. Pick up Adventures of Superman, Volume 1. You can get it for free on Audible right now. Or you could use your free credit for something else and buy Adventures of Superman because it's not that expensive. And then you can, if you like it, you can use your free credit to get the next volume. It's a win-win situation. And with Superman, you always win because he's pretty much invincible and nothing can happen to him. Except for that one time where he died. All right. The other character was Paw Kent. Okay, that's why that was the other place I thought you might go with and that. And how his character was portrayed. That got a lot of buzz. Yeah. Especially the one line where uh, Clark says something like, "What should I just let them, you know, die or whatever? Yeah. And he goes, I don't know, maybe. That got a huge, what? His dad would never say that. What did he mean? Is he evil? Is he General Zod? Is he Dark Side? Yeah. What is going on here? And here's my response to that. He said what a father who was going to protect his son would say. Yes. That's the exact same thing I thought. And first of all, he didn't say, yeah, you should have let him die. He He said, said, I don't don't know. know. Because the same thing I thought of was like, the person that's out there and uh, they're all like, yeah, let's let's go to war and pay them terrorists, them terrorists back, you know, let's pay <laughs> them back, you know. And, and then they're sitting down at the breakfast table and their son, who just turned 18 yesterday, comes in and says, hey, Dad, I'm uh, shipping out tomorrow. Right. Actually, this is a personal story of mine. In Vietnam, my dad's uh, parents didn't want him going and he signed up behind their back. Yeah. For the Marines to go to right. Vietnam, and they were, you know, like, we don't want you to go. What, are you going to say that they're evil and that they're anti-American because they didn't want him to go? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like, that. it reminds me of uh, Metallica's music video for one, where they have clips for uh, Johnny Got His Gun, I think is the name of the movie. Yeah. Where it's like this little kid's going, when it's my turn, would you want me to go? And the father goes, for democracy, any man would give his only begotten son. It's like nobody says that. Right, right. They're all yeah. They're all about that. Pay those terrorists back until it's their kid. That's like, well, I'm going over there, and then it's, well, no, no, no. Let other people ter- pay them terrorists back. And, and again, but it's not about dying so, for your country. It's, it's about making the other person die for theirs. What's funny right. too is that was perfectly juxtaposed with him saying, "I don't know, right. maybe because this could screw up, you know, your entire life when they find out your secret," because he was scared for him. With later on in the movie, when Pockent sacrifices himself. But guess what? He got to make that choice as an individual. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, in my opinion, spoke to, hey, Clark, I wasn't strong enough to say, yeah, you should be Superman. But guess what? Because it was me, I got to make that decision on my own. And right. you witnessed it. That lets you know that you get to make the decision for yourself. Even more so for the for the fans that are griping about this, 
What is your point of reference for Paul Kent anyway? <laughs> like, how many times he's has he real. been in the comic books? <laughs> like, seriously, you, the guy, I mean, he's, like, he is Uncle Ben, except that he's in the comics just a little bit longer. Like, how often is I was going to say, Paul sometimes Kent, he's dead, sometimes yeah, he's not. how often is Paul Kent in the comic books to be talking a lot and saying all these things that you know how he would have reacted in these situations? And it's kind of like... To me, it's the same thing as the people who are like, Martin Sheen, oh, that's not what Uncle Ben was like. He he missed it, but Cliff Robertson really got it in the Raimi version. Dude, Uncle Ben was in the Spider-Man comic books for like 15 pages <laughs> in the whole history, and you're basing this actor's portrayal of that character off of 15 pages of one comic book printed 40 years ago? Pa Kent is barely ever in the comic book, so how do you know how Pa Kent would have reacted in that situation when he's a minor character who's hardly ever in the books? Not to mention, <laughs> people with real emotions have emotional swings. Right. You know, let's go back to my example of the we gotta get them tourists, you know. Dad just signed up for the Marines. What the hell? You know, <laughs> you're going to college. You're gonna be something. You're gonna make something of yourself. Yeah. You're not doing that. Yeah. You know what? Fine. You walk out that door. I never want to talk to you again. <laughs> then you know what? Two months later, the son marches out in his crisp Marine uniform. He looks up in the stands. The graduation from boot camp's over, and guess who comes down? The yeah. dad, and looks at him and says, you know what? I'm proud of you, son. Mm-hmm. Because he's <laughs> had time to think about right. it. You know what I mean? Right, of course, in the moment, he was just thinking, I'm going to lose my son. So, in Man of Steel, we got to see a real reaction. Right. There might have been that conversation <laughs> later where he said, you know what? You did the right thing, Clark. Right. Or not, but it could have yeah, been. you'll never know. Cause but, of the... Well, I think we did know because he ran out to, to oh, try yeah. to save people yeah. later. Yeah. You know, he was just scared for his son. So <laughs> debunked Right, that but it's, it's, so it's kind of like, at least you can point to, like, your dad went through that. You know, you have a frame of reference for, like, this is probably how a dad would actually react. You've seen it happen before. To me, it's most like... Most of the what internet if, trolls don't have that <laughs> What reference? if, like, like, in the new RoboCop reboot, let's say they have that, I'll buy that for a dollar guy. What if he has, like, a longer role and fans complain like, what? He wouldn't have bought that for a dollar. How do you know? Because of his two seconds in the previous Robocop films, you know that he wouldn't have bought that for a dollar? Like, Dude, Bobby couldn't have flown. <laughs> yeah, like, what? How do you guys know this? They're barely there. That's, uh, that's Paul Kent to me. <laughs> All right, I think. Go ahead, Tim. With oh, I was just going to say, time. I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to that Robocop movie. <laughs> I still don't get why he has one hand with like one human hand. I don't know. I think I have a list. It's a part of a law. Apparently, like the robots can't actually carry firearms or murder people, like the ones that they build. So by keeping the human hand, it keeps him from being completely a robot or, or something that there, I read. There are certain well, movies hey, that shouldn't have been remade. <laughs> yeah, Robocop. One is a damn classic. Yeah. Don't try Well, then again, Michael Keaton and Samuel L. Jackson's in it, so I'm going to give then it a Then again, try. we're saying the exact same thing that <laughs> Superman detractors <laughs> said. But uh, all right, so final point, and this is a this was the, the big one. one. The one. Superman doesn't kill. How dare they win against everything the character stands for? First of all, I'm pretty sure in the comics Superman has killed people before. <laughs> Sam, what do you have to say to that? 
I'm all about it. I mean, Superman. Well, I mean, has he killed people in the comics? <laughs> <laughs> You're very violent on these podcasts these days. I'm finding like, out. I mean, it's not like Superman. You're supposed to say, I don't know, maybe. It's, it's not like he just, you know, was thoughtless and yeah, he killed all like, these people. He did it. Be, it was his way of uh, sacrificing, you know, his one moral. And I, does it ever state in the film that he would not kill somebody? Does it ever state in the comics that he would not kill someone? I don't think so. Spider-Man's the one who's always had that, I would not kill. Or maybe well, it was and Batman. 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 Or maybe Batman's it's Batman's big, thing is he time. would not kill somebody. But I don't think Superman, That I don't think that's ever been like his big moral. And I don't think it's ever stated in the film. No, and well, it's definitely and not when he does it, when he does it, it's not like it's he's justified. just like, "Hey, I want to kill Zod." Exactly, it's like, "Hey, I either have to kill this guy or my new adopted planet dies." So I got to choose one or the other. It's not like he killed well, another human; it's just, another alien. It wasn't just my new adopted planet died. He's trying to kill those innocent people <laughs> right. with the lasers right. at that time. Now, it's, I got to tell you, first of all, it sucked that I read the reviews or listened to it. You know, and I tried to avoid it. Well, no, I didn't. I'm lying because I'm not. A, I'm not a Superman fan, and I'm not. A, I don't mean as in I don't like him. I just mean I don't follow him. I was gonna see the movie no matter what. Um, so I just listen to the stuff, and then I hear basically the climax. Right. Oh my god! I can't believe it. Grow, dark and gritty. Grow. Why did he do that? Why are you trying to kill Zod? <laughs> and so. I knew it was coming, okay? It kind of deflated it for me, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know the circumstances, but let's look at the circumstances. So I'm watching it at home because I, you know, I rented it from Redbox. That's a free plug for you there, Redbox. <laughs> um, so I'm watching it at home with my wife, and my wife is your average moviegoer, if you want to think about it like that. You know, she's a pretty good representation of the summer blockbuster, you know, moviegoer population. And she hadn't seen it yet. And we're sitting there, and she doesn't listen to the criticism, so she doesn't know what's coming. And she's just watching it. And all of a sudden, I hear, right before he snaps his neck, I hear her go, just put one in the back of his head. Yeah. And because it was getting to her. And I'm like, wow, that, that really worked. That really got to her. And what she meant by that is, like, she just wanted Superman to turn his lasers into the back of freaking General Zod's head. Dude, that didn't even occur to me. That would have been awesome, too. <laughs> yeah. She goes, like, just put one in the back of his head. At that moment, Ed 209 comes in. And I was like, all right, so first of all, that kind of justified it for me in a general moviegoer audience situation. Mm -hmm. Right. But here's the other thing that upset me, and I was just listening to a podcast the other day with Lynn Ween. And Lynn Ween said... <laughs> I thought Lynn Ween was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so was sure. Uncle Ben. <laughs> hey, the people that dislike Lynn Ween, they don't kill. So he's still alive. <laughs> but and no, okay, all, hanging out. all the Lynn Ween, you know, actually the entire comics community can now kill me because <laughs> I, I'm going to... I'm not talking bad about Lynn Ween. I'm just talking about how I interpreted his comments. Yeah. And he said, first of all, he said the classic line, Superman does not kill. Um, and which is fine if you want to have that character. But uh, the second thing that he said was, as a writer, I could have thought of 47 different yeah. situations to get him out of that situation. And I thought, you could have thought of 47, but not 48, because you wouldn't have put the killing in. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like the right, killing was the interesting, bold thing we had. Yeah, seen I, mean, I was before. reading. I was reading comments about, oh, he would have flown General Zod to the moon or yeah. trapped him into right. the and, negative. Yeah, and it would have made it a cartoon. Yeah, yeah just by doing those, but, you would have made it. a But cartoon. here's the other thing: no, that couldn't happen. He didn't have forty-seven ways, and I'll tell you why. And they really spelled it out. First of all, Superman's just now learning to use his powers. Right. That that's number one. Uh, second of all. Zod actually says once he gets a grip on the fact that he's enhanced on Earth, he mm-hmm. goes, I've been a member of the military my entire life. I've been training to fight. You're nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Do you guys remember that part? Yeah. Where, right. where he says, I have this now, and I have been also have all the training. This is going to end real bad for you there, uh, you know, Superman. So... Superman was not in a position to just be a god. Right. He was probably scared. Right. And that's the other thing that people don't get is like, we've always talked before about how Superman is so boring. And yeah, Superman wouldn't go kill a bank crook, you know, that's robbing a bank. He wouldn't kill Lex Luthor, you know, who's trying to pull over some big thing because he's always got the upper hand on Lex Luthor or the bank crook. Take kryptonite out of the equation. Right. But uh, something like Zod, or not only Zod, let's just say a huge monster from space or something like that, that's when Superman actually gets interesting because people forget he's Superman to us. Right. He's not Superman to other super beings. Then it's just two guys having a fight. Yes. And right before that fight or during it, the other guy said, hey, look, I've got way more experience than you. You know, you're the really strong farm boy. I'm the prize fighter that's been working out in gyms for 20 years, learning how to knock people out. I'm a knockout artist. Right. And it's like, if, and if you don't kill me, I am going to kill right. these people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the point. Superman had no other option, or at least no option he knew of, because he's new to this. No option that's realistic for the sake right. or the no of the story. It's not like he got to pause and think right. for a couple of days, like, okay, what could I do? Yeah. You know, he, it was an in-the-moment decision. Now, the Christopher Reeve Superman could have just hit him over the head like a nail and drove him into the ground. I <laughs> that's guess that's true. what the fans wanted. My thing is, this goes back to one of our previous podcasts, too, where you talked about as long as nobody in the comic book questions why people can fly, then it's real. As soon yeah. as someone questions, well, how are you able to fly? Now you've just ruined the reality of it. Because at no point in the film to Batman state he doesn't kill and it was never brought up. You mean Superman? Or, I'm sorry, Superman. The reason I said Batman, it's kind of funny, even though I pooped on it earlier. Batman Forever, there's a scene where uh, Chris O'Donnell is Robin. You know, he says, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find Two-Face. And, and Val Kimmer goes, okay, so let's say you find him. Then what do you do? And he's like, you're going to kill him? That going to make you feel better? Because then what? That's not going to make you feel any better inside. Then you're going to go out and you have to find a new one. And you're still not going to replace that emptiness. He basically says, like... Look, this is why I don't kill. Killing doesn't solve anything. Well, it makes it sound like it, he's killed before, too. But but it's still like it, it throws it out there. It says, look, Batman is stating that this is why he does not kill. He's not going to. It doesn't replace the emptiness. If he then turns around and kills somebody, it's kind of like, wait, I thought he already said he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. At no point in that film does Superman say it. But what he does do is he doesn't kill Zod immediately. He waits until it's just like, okay, I have no other option. He's holding right. him there in that headlock, and he's waiting. You can tell in his brain, though, he's going, I don't think I should do this. I'm wondering. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. And now it's down to either I kill him or he kills this family. 
snap. You know, it's almost like at that last right. second, that's where you get it, where it's like, okay, he's having that conflict inside. He's having that discussion, and he's got no other option. And here's the other point. It's an origin story. So maybe all those comics that you're reading where Superman doesn't kill. Maybe this is why. <laughs> this is why. Yeah. He's done it once before, yeah. and he can't. It haunts him. Right. I think that's more interesting as an origin story, you know? I agree. Um I'll throw it out there. One other thing that kind of ties in the very last criticism is the massive deaths in the battle. Well, the 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 buildings falling. Yeah. Because a bunch of people are like, tons of people are dying in those buildings. Nobody got out. Blah, blah, blah. They killed all those people. First of all, wow, you're making something. First of all, the movie's not real. You're, (laughs) You're making it way more. We have you to know, do your Grant Morrison actually, impression again. <laughs> you're actually reading stuff into it. You're like, you're suspending your disbelief there, and then making something up that there are people <laughs> in that building. They actually had the scenario, I think, with the the Daily Planet crew mm-hmm. to show you that people were getting right. out of the buildings. Right. Um, well, the, again, what, just like with the nobody questions how they can fly. Where's their point of reference that anybody died? It right. wasn't like there was news they, reports saying all these people they want, died. They want no realism, right. and then they're going to throw realism on. There, there was nothing brought up that anybody died in those buildings. Well, so where do they get it that they died? You want to throw realism on it? General Zod attacks the Earth. People are dying. Right? They're going to die no matter what. Even that, though. I mean, it's like if you go in reality. Well, they knew that there was this you know catastrophic battle coming. I'm sure this was all over in the news. Evacuate the buildings. This is headed this way. Again, we, that would be us reading no, stuff into it. Who <laughs> yeah. cares? Either they <laughs> died, that's realistic, or they didn't die. Right. That's actually not realistic, well, the, but we'll please you. The other argument was that Superman would have found a way not to destroy all those buildings. Okay, here's the other thing. We've already got to the point where he's a fledgling adolescent, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of power Superman. He doesn't know how to do that stuff. Right. Second of all, if he did know how to do that stuff, I wouldn't want to see that movie. Boring. Right. You know what I mean? And any kind of other conflict that you can stretch out in comics that becomes interesting, you can't do in an hour and a half movie. And then people will say, well, in the Avengers, they say Captain America says, hey, you, get those people out of there. And he's, you know, being a general directing traffic. If you look at the pacing... Of when General Zod attacks Superman, there's no lull. Right. Right. If you look at the pacing of uh, the Avengers, they're cracking jokes, you know, and they're, uh, you know, taking a lot of timeouts and things like that. It wasn't that sort of fight. So you're comparing apples and oranges, Mm -hmm. really. And if you want apples... Go only watch apples, you know what I mean? And then I guess you have a right to complain. But don't say that there's only one way to make a movie. Right. And that's my biggest complaint about that. Is don't say it was a bad movie because you would prefer apples. Right. Don't say oranges are bad. People love the crap out of juice that are made from oranges. Right. So, um, The only gripe that I do have is I think the fight with General Zod went on too long. Yeah, you get that out of the end of any blockbuster action movie, though. They're just going to, you know, have the big fight scene be big and lots of CGI and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think the Avengers went on too long. (laughs) It was like half the movie. I know. And it could have been. They actually get Michael Bay credit the last, like, Oh, that's the last. (laughs) Sorry, that's the last thing I want to say. So many people complained about Superman, you know. Mm -hmm. Did I watch the Avengers again the other day? 
a lot, people die in the Avengers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a pretty cold blooded murder that Loki does. Um, who did he Nobody's, kill? Who, you know what I'm talking? You know the scene I'm talking about? Uh, Agent Coulson. No, before that. Oh, the uh, when he's at the uh, when he's in Germany. Is that where they're at? Yeah. Like at that party. Yeah. Thing? There's about to be or there's a big get together. Yeah. Yeah. He completely just cold blooded murder somebody, and when the heroes show up, they're kind of like calm. Like, they just talk to him calmly. You're not going to get away with this there, Pilgrim. Well, they may not know that that guy's dead either. He was killed in front of everyone. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, how can you... Maybe I'm thinking of a different person. And the only reason I noticed that is because, like I said before, with my son running through the room and he paused and watched Superman fly, he was running through the room earlier. And it's funny, when your kid's in the room, you watch stuff differently when your kid's not in the room. Mm -hmm. And when he was watching that... And it's not like I'm going to stop him from watching it or anything, but I was. That's when I realized I was like, "Wow, that was a really like cold blooded murder that was just depicted on the screen." And yeah, the bad guy did it. But if you're complaining, you know about that it not fitting the tone of the movie. Yeah, that didn't fit the tone mm-hmm. of the movie. You know, if you want that fun feeling, he should have tied everybody up. You right. know, and then the heroes swoop in. So well, that's uh. I mean, part of that you could attribute to the whole Joss Whedon factor because he finds a way to mix humor and camp and action. No, and I I loved it. I'm not complaining about it. What I'm saying is don't say we have this pure example over here that we can trash Man of Steel with and then uh, it's not as pure as it is. Well, then I don't know if anybody on the Avengers ever said I'm not going to ever kill anybody. Oh, no, I'm sure they killed tons of people. <laughs> but, all right, how do you guys want to wrap this one up? With a, a lesson for our listening public. I think I have an idea. How about don't take yourself so seriously? <laughs> well, that's a good point, Sam. Yeah, stop being a, a critic to everything. Sometimes it's okay to just relax and go along for the ride. Well, my comment was going to be for the creators or the potential creators, and that's no matter what you do, you're not going to please everybody. And the other thing is a voice on the Internet, just because it's coming through a huge megaphone, is still just one person. And that one person can only not buy so many movie tickets or comic books or e-books or novels. Now, when somebody sends us the angry email, Akiko wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for those days because that means lots of people are uh, reading our stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you. So view criticism through the the proper lens because, as you hear, we were completely marking out for Man of Steel, but we were able to make counter arguments for the arguments that are made on the internet. And what it boils down to is just personal opinion. All those attacks on the Man of Steel and all of our defenses all came out of personal opinion. Right. And I'm typically the Marvel fanboy. That's true. That is true. All right. On that note, thank you for listening. We're Show Me Comics, wishing you the best in your creative endeavors. And if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe, rate us on rate us five stars on iTunes and give us a review. And if you would like to read stuff that I wrote that is not true to the subject matter, 
and that could have been done much better and would like to leave me lots of comments saying that uh, my blogs would never kill, go to showmecomics.com, read those blogs, and also check out the comic book script I wrote that has been transformed into a comic book called Hafu. Yes, and if you would like to ask me anything about any of the topics that I have covered on art, graphic design, or whatever, you can follow me on Twitter at SamTheTrainer, underscore between Sam, the, and Trainer. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you follow us at Facebook.com slash Novel. Buy your 64 full-color page comic book at ShowMeComics.com slash Hafu. And on Twitter, follow us at ShowMeComics. Yeah.